Welcome to the podcast for Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Mackenzie campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation, and our world. How are we all? Who's ready for God to move? Who's ready for revival? Who wants to see God's Spirit just poured out upon us? Let's pray together. God, would you do that? God, would you pour out your Spirit upon us? God, would you, would you fill us with your love, with your grace? God, would the things that break your heart break our heart? God, fill us with power. Fill us with courage. Holy Spirit, come. You are welcome here. Come and move amongst us. Move in our hearts today. Move us into action today. May we become more like you, Lord Jesus, today. I pray in his name. Amen. Have you ever thought about how many doors you walk through every day? I tried to work, work it out last week. I, uh, I got up at five in the morning and I opened the wardrobe door and I put on a blue shirt. Surprise, surprise. And then I opened the bathroom door and I'm not going to tell you what I did in there. Then I opened the bedroom door and I walked into the kitchen and I opened the pantry door and I got out some wheat bix muesli and some LSA just in case nothing happened in the bathroom. And then I opened the cupboard door and got a bowl and then I opened the fridge door and got some milk and then I scoffed down some breakfast and went out the back door and then I opened the garage door to get my shoes where I have to leave them because they don't smell very good and then I went back in the back door because I forgot to get a towel for the gym. I opened the linen press door to get a towel and then I realized I'd also forgotten my keys so I opened the bedroom door again and I just got a grunt from Susan who was still in bed. Got my keys, went out through the front door and then I opened the car door and then I opened the gym door and then I reopened the car door and then I went back in through the front door and then I opened the bedroom door and surprise surprise Susan was still in bed and so I went back out through the front door opened the pantry door once again got some coffee and then opened the cupboard door made Susan a coffee because that's the kind of husband that I am and then I walked back back through the bedroom door, delivered the coffee, and then I went back into the bathroom door, had a shower, and then I reopened the wardrobe door, and this time I put on a blue shirt with buttons to go to work, and then I walked back through the bedroom door, I opened the front door, raced back in, realized I forgot to make myself a copy, opened the pantry door, opened the cupboard door, made myself a coffee, opened, went back out through the front door, opened the car door, opened the church door, opened the office door at the church and then walked into my office at the church and I sat down in my desk exhausted from opening doors. I was planning to count all day how many doors I opened but I got to seven o'clock in the morning and I'd already opened 59 doors and I gave up counting. We open a lot of doors Have you ever thought about why we open so many doors? It's because we build a lot of walls. The reason that we open a lot of doors is because we build a lot of walls. You see, we want walls to keep unwanted people out. And so we have to open doors to let the right people in. When you go to the bathroom... You want walls. You want to keep unwanted people out. But when you really need to go, you really want a door so you can get in there really, really quick. You know, the gym that I go to, it builds walls to keep non-members out, unwanted people out. But we need a door with a special swipe card to let the right people in, to pay $70 a month to punish their body. We build walls to keep unwanted people out. 
And so we need doors to let the right people in. I need you to remember this this morning. I'm going to ask you again, all right? What do walls do? What do walls do? Come on, say it with me. What do walls do? What do doors do? You notice when you read the Gospels, Jesus never says, I'm a wall. But in John chapter 10, verse 9, he says, I am the, I am the, I'm the door. I'm the door. Whoever enters through me will be saved from the punishment of sin. I'm the door. You see, we, we didn't need someone to come from heaven to build a wall between us and God. We're perfectly capable of doing that all by ourselves. You know, the, our sin actually has created a wall from the presence of a holy God. Our sin separated us from the life and the love of God. And right from the very beginning of the Bible to right at the very end, we see that our sin, the punishment for our sin, is actually eternal separation. An eternal separation from God. Our sin has made us out of relationship with God. Out of favour with God. And once again, right through the Bible, it paints a very grim picture of being out of favour or outside of relationship with God for all of eternity. It paints a picture of despair. It it paints a a picture of intense regret. The, The picture is of gnashing of teeth, pain and intense regret being left outside of relationship with God forever. Our sin has created a wall And it says very, very clearly in Scripture that wall is impossible to climb over. That there's no amount of striving that we can do personally to get us over that wall, to overcome the wall of sin and get in to the presence of God. We didn't need anyone to come from heaven to build a wall, but we desperately needed somebody to come from heaven to be a door to actually make a way through that wall into the presence of God. And Jesus says, I am that door. Whoever comes through me will be saved from the punishment of sin. Now the question is, now just hang on, go back, go back to what we started with before. What do walls do? What do doors do? Let the right people in. The big question is, who are the right people? Who are the right people that can come through the door? Just go back to John chapter 10 just for a moment. Verse 9, Jesus says, I am the door. Read the next word with me. Just the next word. What does it say? Anyone. That's good news. Anyone who goes in through me will be saved from the punishment of sin. Anyone. The invitation is for everyone. No one is excluded. Now, this was a very difficult concept for the religious people of Jesus' time to get their heads around because they were absolutely convinced that some people were in with God and some were out. God's heart was for some people and against some people. That some people could come into the presence of God and some were always going to be left out. And Jesus knew that the religious people at the time, that was the way they thought. That was the way that they saw the world. And so he, he actually teaches many parables to actually, you know, help us understand who can come through the door. And we're just going to read one of them today. It's in Luke chapter 14. And as I read it, I actually want you not to go to sleep while I read the scripture this morning. I actually want you to listen to just one word that God wants to speak to you. Just just one word that's in the text. 
One word that's kind of like, it's almost like God's just highlighting it for you. And I want you to tell me what it is in just a minute. Okay, Luke chapter 14, verse, um, I tell you what, I'm going to need glasses real soon. (laughs) I got no idea what that little number is. Verse 15, when one of those at the table with him heard this, he said to Jesus, remember, you're listening for one word. Blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. Jesus replied, a certain man was preparing a great banquet, a great party, and he invited many guests At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, come for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I've just bought a field and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I've just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I just got married so I can't come. I actually reckon that's the best excuse. Uh, but still it's not good enough. It says, the servant came back and reported this to the master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you ordered has been done, but there's still room. Then the master told his servant, go out to the roads and the country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house may be full. All right, who's got a word? Who's just got one word that just stood out to them in God's word? Come on, I'm not going to ask you to explain why it stood out to you. I just want to hear the one word. Who's got a word? Invited. Just Joseph invited three times. You know, this is, this is before Facebook. It's before Twitter. It's before, you know, uh, Microsoft Word. And it's even, you know, before clip art, you know, when you can highlight. It's before highlighters, when you could highlight a particular word in a particular way to really get your message across, to market yourself, to market what is really important to you. The only thing Jesus has got that he can do is repetition. How many times does he use the word invited in that one parable? Three times, three times he's just going, invited, invited, invited. They're invited, everyone's invited to come in. This is really important to Jesus. Whenever he says one thing three times, really, really important. Who else got a word? Yell it out, Cheryl. Compel. Yeah, no, just one word. But compel's a good one. This isn't just, oh, if you want to come in. You know, it's not just, you know, I I guess you're welcome. This is the heart of God, people. He says, go and compel them to come in. This is urgent. This is important. Time is running out. Compel them to come in. This is the heart of God. I want more people in my family. Compel them to come in. Who else got a word? Generous. Generous? I didn't hear that in the text, but that is true. God is incredibly generous. His heart is generous to all people. He wants people to come in. Someone down the front, yeah. Room. There's more room. And I want my room full. Again, this is the generous heart of God. There is room for everyone. And I want more people to come through this door because I want my room full. Please pick up on the heart of God in this parable. Come on, one more word. Go. Go. Go out. Don't just sit back and hope people will come in. Actually go out, invite, compel, tell them to come in. Awesome. One more word. Are people are busting to yell something out. Whoever. whoever. Go out and just ask whoever to come in. Go and find people. I'll take one more word. Excuse. You know, they're all making excuses i got to look after my bank balance. i got to pay attention to my business. 
I don't have time for this right now. And I just got married. I reckon that's a pretty good excuse. I've actually found it takes a lot of time and attention to keep one wife happy. (laughs) But none of these excuses were good enough. This This invitation is so important. It's so crucial that no excuse is good enough. The most important decision, Jesus is saying, is to accept the invitation and to walk through the door. There is no more important decision that you'll ever make. Everyone is invited. When those that were first invited made excuses, the master throwing a party, that's another word. How good's that? The kingdom of God's a party. It's a banquet. It's a place of joy. The one throwing the party, everything's ready. Everyone's invited to come in and to enjoy. And those made excuses wouldn't come. He says, go out into the country roads. Go out into the lanes, into the forgotten places. Find the forgotten people. Find the people that are living on the margins. Find the people that have fallen through the cracks. Find those that are in desperate need and invite them to come in. This was the most confronting part of the parable that Jesus is teaching. It's hard for us to understand in our culture today. You know why? Because our culture that we live in today and we enjoy today has been shaped by the words and the ministry of Jesus for the last 2,000 years. So we think it's obnoxious that people that are poor and blind and crippled and lame would have lesser value than other people. But in that culture 2,000 years ago, it's exactly what they thought. These people that are poor have less value. And Jesus is saying, they're invited. They might not have value in your culture, but they've got value in the kingdom of God. Because everybody who is invited has value. My mum had the bright idea. She's a lovely lady. She's a very intelligent woman, but she did a funny, few funny things when I was a teenager. She had the bright idea to throw me a surprise 16th birthday party. And so she rang my friend Brendan to find out who to invite. Big mistake. Most 16-year-old boys are only interested in two things, food and girls. Brendan was different. He was solely focused on girls. It was his only interest in life. And so he gets a phone call from my mum, who should I invite to Jason's party? Within a millisecond, he listed off every girl in every grade at the school that he had the hots for. (laughs) Remember the old days with phone books? He scoured through the phone books for the next two days. He says, don't worry, Mrs. Ellsmore, I will find you their numbers. He scoured through the phone books. Girls I've never spoken to in my entire life. Gave the phone numbers to my mum. My mum picks up the phone the next night and starts ringing all of these girls. That, and they're going, Jason, who? And they're making excuses why they can't come. But I'm telling you, it was a surprise party because I walked through the door into my lounge room and there's wall-to-wall girls that I don't know. <laughs> Some of them accepted the invitation. And Brendan's standing in the corner with this massive grin on his face. For him, heaven has come to earth. Thanks to my mom. The unexpected were invited. And that's the point of Jesus' story. 
The unexpected are invited into my kingdom. The unexpected are invited into my family. Those who have been discarded by society will never be discarded by me. They're welcome in my family. Those who are forgotten and fallen through the cracks will always be welcome because I have not forgotten one. I notice everyone that's missing. My heart is for every person that you ever lock eyes with. Everyone is invited. Everyone is invited to enter into relationship with God. Everyone is invited to enter in to a relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ. The good news of Jesus is radically inclusive. No one is excluded. It's the heart of God and it's been the heart of our church for a long time. You know, for a long time, you know, we've had a a care centre up on the hill in some uh, temporary uh, buildings. And for a long time, you know, people from this church have just been welcoming people in in their time of need to find hope and to find help as they walk through a tough season of life, into our op shop, into our care center, into our counseling center. And I'd like us right now to thank them. If you're here today, you're a volunteer or a staff member in our care center, our counseling center, our op shop, can I just get you to stand up right now where you are? Come on, just stand, just jump up onto your feet just for a minute. I know there's a bunch of you here that you take a while to get up. There's a little bit... Uh, Come on, keep, keep standing up. I know there's a few more. Can we just put our hands together and just thank all these guys? Thank you. You guys are the hands and the feet of Jesus, expressing the heart of Jesus to a hurting community. You can uh, grab a seat uh, for a moment. I also want to thank all of you who have given generously over the last few years to actually see care ministries and counselling centres established in every campus. That's become about because of your generosity. I want to say a big thank you uh, to, to your generosity. And just this week, we opened the doors on our neighbour's van. Our neighbour's van is doing what this parable says. It's going out to the streets and the laneways to find people who may have been forgotten, that have fallen through the cracks, that are in a time of need. And we opened the doors on uh, our neighbor's van just this week. And first day out of opening those doors, 76 people from 19 different families and 11 different nations around the world found hope and help in their time of need. It's good news. That's the heart of our church. To take the good news of Jesus. When Jesus stands up and he preaches his first ever sermon in his hometown, he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me to proclaim good news to the poor. And he goes on, but I just want to focus on that bit this morning. The spirit of the Lord is upon me to proclaim good news to the poor. I believe that is the call on our lives. It is the call on our church. When Jesus uses the word poor, he's not just talking about socioeconomic status. He's actually you know, talking about socioeconomic status and he's talking about people who have found themselves relationally poor, emotionally poor, spiritually poor, as well as financially poor. And he says, I'm here to give good news to everyone because everyone is invited. Every Everyone is invited to come in to relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ. And I believe, I really do believe that this is not a time for the church in this nation to just survive. It's not a time to shrink back and just enjoy what God has given us. 
It is a time to actually go, as somebody said before, to go out there and to reach out to those in need and to compel them to come in and find hope in Jesus. I'm believing that God is doing something great in the church, in this nation, in this season, and we will see revival in our nation, in our generation. And we're going to talk about that over the next few weeks. But today, I just want to talk very simply about the power of invitation because revival happens one person one life at a time as we all go and invite others to come in you know right now we we actually operate Queensland's biggest Christian counseling center you know, over 4,000 people are actually, sorry, 4,000 counseling sessions every year out in that demountable building out there, that temporary building out there. Over 9,000 people got blessed through our care center, got a red bag, you know, full of food or household goods in our city. We just want to love on our city. We want to pour out compassion on our city. Op shop out there has just been welcoming, you know, hundreds of people through those doors every month to find care to find compassion, to find, you know, people who actually, you know, want to wrap their arms uh, around them and embrace them and let them know that they're here for them in their time of need. And the reason our gateway beyond giving is going to require a generosity that we've never seen before is because it's going to continue to support all of our care ministries in every campus, all of our global workers around the world, and also to open some new doors in our campuses to welcome people in. I just want to just talk just for a moment, particularly about Mackenzie, just for a moment. Our vision is for all of those ministries that are sitting in temporary buildings right now to actually come under this roof behind that wall, to actually knock out a whole bunch of walls through there and create a big hospitality space that's open during the week and on Sundays. So as thousands of people come through the doors and find counselling and find care and find people that love them, they can also be part of a community here where they can eat together and enjoy just uh, connecting with other people together in the same place that they're invited to come back and hear the good news of Jesus and to worship together as a family. We want to seamlessly connect all of our care ministries, our worship space and our hospitality space we want to create a community hub and it's going to cost us something but I believe God's going to do something great through it you're going to hear a bit more about that over the next few weeks but it is going to require a generosity we're not going to have any other you know, time offerings for buildings at other times during the year this is it one big moment in the middle of the year to give generously, to open new doors for the gospel globally, locally, and here in our campuses to invite more people in to hear the good news of Jesus. We can all be a part of it. It's going to take all of us sowing generously financially. But there's also some very simple things that we can do to generously sow the gospel. You see, everyone is invited the gospel, the good news of Jesus, is a radically inclusive invitation. But the reason Jesus in this parable says compel them to come in because everything is ready is because the good news of Jesus is an alarmingly exclusive message. You see, Jesus is a door that anyone can come through to be saved from the punishment of sin. But there's no other door. There's no other doors you can walk through to be saved from the punishment of sin. It sounds like a narrow door. But you see that there's no other God that's come to earth to take your sins upon his shoulders to create a door when there was only a wall. There's no other God who actually came to earth and took on death and went through death and came out the other side alive to, to find a way for you to enter into eternal life. You see, remember, what do walls do? Come on, what do walls do? 
Keep unwanted people out. What do doors do? Let the right people in. You see, on the cross, 2 Corinthians 5, it says that he who knew no sin became sin for us, for you and for me, so that we could become right with God. You see, anyone's invited to come in and anyone that does come in is made right with God. But it's the only way to be made right with God. There is no other door because no other God has come to earth to make a way through death and into life. It sounds like a narrow door. It is. Only one person at a time comes through. Your family can't drag you through. If your family, someone in your family has faith, they can't drag you through. It's a personal decision you have to make. Coming to church, being part of a church can't drag you through. You've got to make a decision for yourself to put your faith in Jesus Christ. Being part of this wonderful culture in this nation won't drag you through. Good people don't get dragged through. The only way through is through faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Saviour. It's a narrow door. But thank God there is a door. God could have left us with a wall. It was impossible to ever get to him. But he made the greatest sacrifice, giving us his son, dying on a cross to make a way to be saved from the punishment of sin. And enter into relationship. The end of that parable, I didn't read the last verse. It says this, I tell you, not one of those who were invited and made excuses will get a taste of my banquet. You see, everyone is invited to walk through the doors and to enjoy relationship with God, but everyone who rejects the invitation is rejecting a relationship with God. That's why there's an urgency in this parable. That's why he says, compel them to come in. Because the good news of Jesus is a radically inclusive invitation, but a shockingly exclusive message. And so if you've walked through the door, there's no greater priority than helping other people walk through that door. I just wonder if the last two years have done two things. We've forgotten something of the power of invitation. It's actually been quite hard to invite people through our doors, whether in your home or here in church. There's been isolation rules and lockdowns, and we had to check into church and book into church for months at a time. And I just think maybe we just decided it was all too hard to invite people into our home and to invite people into church to hear the good news. I think we've forgotten the power of invitation. It was so good to hear those stories in the baptisms, in the baptistry from Isabel and, and, and Shona this morning have just been invited to Alpha and hearing the good news of Jesus and having their lives transformed. How good, come on, put your hands together for those. Uh... It's just the power of invitation. I wonder if the second thing that's happened through the last two years is we've just lost something of the urgency to reach out to people in need. And I wonder if partly that is we've got our own need. We're dealing with our own anxiety, our own pain, our own frustrations, our own difficulties. And right now it just feels a little bit too hard to reach out to others. I wonder if the Spirit of God is just stirring something within us. I wonder if the Spirit of God is, is healing us and reminding us that Your story doesn't have to be perfect. Your story might be, I am just hanging on to God by my fingernails and he gives me hope. That might be your story right now. But others need to hear it. Others need to hear the good news of Jesus because there's no other door. There's no other way to be saved from the punishment of sin. A couple of simple things to respond this morning. Revival happens one person at a time. Spirit-filled revival. 
brings an urgency to share the good news of Jesus. Let me make it really simple. Invite someone to sit at your table and hear your story. Put your hand up if you've got a table in your home. If you've got a table, you can do this. Invite someone to sit at your table. And invite someone to sit next to you in the pews. We've heard this morning the power of invitation. Something simple we can do. Research recently done by McCrindle says that one in two millennials, kind of under the age of 25, will accept an invitation from a friend to come to church. As you get older, that ratio gets a bit worse. It's one in three, one in four. But it's still one in three, one in four. will come with a friend to hear the good news of Jesus. Revival happens one person at a time. Spirit-filled revival brings an urgency to share the good news. Who are you inviting? Everyone's welcome. You know, we put signs on doors to uh, let people know who can come in. Sometimes there's a sign like this, and it's pretty clear. You're unwanted. A lot of people see God like this. You know, God doesn't want me. But that's not the message of Jesus. There are no unwanted people in his kingdom. Everyone is invited. Sometimes we walk to a door like this. Only skirt wearers are allowed in. Only half the population are welcome to come in. And a lot of people see God like this. I've got to be the right gender. I've got to be the right culture. I've got to have the right behavior. You know, I've got to uh, come from the right family. I've got to drive the right car, live in the right house to come in. That's not the message of Jesus. Everyone is welcome and he'll make anyone right who chooses to come in. Others, I'd say particularly blokes my age, kind of see God a little bit like this. He's just kind of an emergency exit. When life gets really bad or I'm getting to the end of my life, then I might turn to Jesus. I'm really hoping there's something beyond the grave, but he's kind of irrelevant for my everyday life. That's again, not the message of Jesus. You know, straight after John chapter 10, verse 9, it says, I've come that you may have life and life to the full now. It's an invitation to the fullness of life today. Other times we put a sign like this on our door, please do not disturb, because there's someone inside that just really doesn't want to be disturbed. A lot of people see God like this. It's kind of like God wouldn't really care about my little needs. God really wouldn't care about what's going on in my heart. I'm not going to disturb him. That's a lie from the pit of hell. God is the kindest person you'll ever meet. In another parable, tells a story and says you can go day and night day and night before God and you can ask him for anything with a shameless audacity. He wants to be disturbed because he's kind and he cares about you. You know, sometimes we see signs like this and it says you know, only people with special knowledge, certain credentials, only people who have ticked all the right boxes can go in. A lot of people see God like this. I've got to know the right things. I've got to tick the right boxes. I've got to behave in the right way. It's not the message of Jesus. There is no special knowledge that you need other than the fact that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He came from heaven to earth to die on a cross to save you from your sins, to take away the punishment for your sin. And on the third day, He rose from the dead and He made a way for you to enter in and know life and life to the full. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That is the good news of Jesus Christ. There's a sign that Jesus has got on his door and it's a sign we got on our door as a church and always will be. Every single person is welcome. Wherever you've come from, Whatever you've done, whatever pain you're carrying in your heart, 
whatever shame you're dragging along with you, you're welcome. You're welcome to come to Jesus. He will not turn anyone away. He is the kindest person you will ever meet. You can come in through the door. He'll forgive your sin. He'll wipe away your shame. And he'll give you life and life to the full. I want to pray for a bunch of people this morning, but just before we do, I just want to give you an opportunity. If you haven't walked through that door, maybe you've been walking through the doors of church and you've kind of been checking things out. Maybe you've been coming with your family or someone's been dragging you along. Maybe you've just kind of had one foot in the world and sort of one foot in the church for a while, but today is just that definitive moment where you're saying, I'm walking through that door. I'm not playing church anymore. I don't want to live religion anymore. I don't want to try and make up for the past myself anymore. I don't want to strive to climb over that wall anymore. I just want Jesus to come in. I just want to walk through that door. I want to be saved from my sin. I want to know life to the full. I want to give you an opportunity to take that initial step today. I'm going to ask everyone to close your eyes and bow your heads. If you're here this morning and just say, I want to pray that prayer. I want to... I want to go in through the door and be saved. Wherever you've come from, whatever you've done, today you can pray that prayer. Just while every eye is closed and head's bowed, if that's you today, can I just get you to raise your hand just so I can see it, just for a moment. Just stick it up. Bless you up the back. Who else this morning? Just say, that's my prayer. Just just stick your hand up just for a second, just just so I can see it today. Bless you. That's awesome. Who else today? Just say, today's my day. I'm praying that prayer today. Okay, just want to encourage you today. If that's you, just pray with me. But I want to encourage everyone just to pray it out loud together, whether you're praying this prayer for the first time or the hundredth time. Would you just pray with me today out loud? Heavenly Father, thank you for always loving me. I'm sorry for the way that I've sinned against you. Thank you for sending Jesus to die on a cross for me. And I ask today that you would forgive my sin. I choose today to follow you, Lord Jesus. I want to know life and life to the full. I pray in Jesus' name. Everybody said... Amen. Hey, come on, put our hands together this morning for those who prayed that prayer. If that's you this morning, can I really encourage you, tell someone you know, go to our welcome desk. We'd love to help you get started in your relationship uh, with Jesus. I just really felt this morning, there's some people here that just needed a touch of the kindness of God. People here today, you've been following Jesus for some time. You just need a touch of the kindness of God. There's pain in your heart. You just need the community of God to gather around you and just pray blessing over you today. You'd know the smile of God. You'd know the healing of God. You'd know God's kindness, almost like just wrapping an arm around you. I'm not, not going to ask you to come to the front this morning. I just, If that's you today, you know who you are. I'm just going to invite you to stand right where you are I'm just going to get some people to gather around you and just, just to pray some simple prayers over you today. Come, if that's you today, you just say, I need a touch of the kindness of God. There's pain and there's anxiety. There's hurt in my heart. I just need to know that Jesus is still here for me. I just need to know him just reaching out to me today and putting his arms around me today. If that's you, just stand where you are. Come on, there's a few of you who need to stand. I'm not going to prolong this. You'll need to stand right now if that's you. I'm just going to get some people just to gather around you. Who else this morning? Just say, I just need a touch of the kindness of God. Just going to count to three. Anyone else just need to stand up? One, two, anyone else? All right, just, just gather around these guys. Come on, come on, move. Just move and stand with them. Just begin to pray. Just begin to pray the love of God, the grace of God, the healing of God over them today. 
God, I'm going to pray, but you just begin to pray too. Father God, this morning, come. Come by your Holy Spirit and just minister to these ones afresh. Come, just reach out your arms. Embrace them with loving kindness. God, come and bring your healing in their heart, deep in their heart today. God, I thank you that they've never been forgotten. God, you've seen them. You see their pain. Today, you reach out with love and grace and kindness. By your Holy Spirit, just come and do a deep work in their heart. God, help them to hear your voice, your words of love, your words of hope. God, bless them in Jesus' name. God, if you're standing with them, just continue to pray. Why don't we all stand together? We're going to sing a song just crying out for God's Spirit to be poured out. God, to put a, a passion, an urgency in our heart to reach out with good news, that God would break through in people's lives that we're reaching out to, that God would, would do, do miracles and wonders as we simply take steps of faith that we would see revival. Come on, let's sing. This is a prayer together, as a declaration together over our city. See what you can do. God of wonders, the power has no end. The things you've done before, in greater measure, you will do again. Cause there's no prison wall you can't break through. There's no broken body you can't raise, no soul that you can't save, all things are possible, the darkest night, you can light it reaching out to another person in need, inviting them to hear the good news. I just believe God's awakening, just uh, an urgency to reach out with His good news. I'll tell you what I want you to do this morning. If this morning, as is 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 we've been preaching, opening God's Word, there's just been one person God's put on your heart. Maybe someone you've been praying for for a long time, reaching out to for a long time. I just want you to come down. I just want you to say that one person's name, nothing else. These guys down here are just going to pray for you. 
and they're going to pray for that one person that God would break through. Do you believe what we're singing here this morning? There's no soul that God can't save. There's no wall He can't break down. Nothing is too hard for our God. All things are possible. Come on, if you've got one person on your heart, just start to come right now. Don't wait. Just start to come right now. I want to pray for you as well. But just uh, let someone just stand with you and pray. God, just come by your Spirit. God, pour out your Spirit upon us. God, fill us with faith. Fill us with faith, God, that as we take this courageous step to invite, God, you would break through. You'd break through in hard hearts. God, you'd break through with your love in broken hearts. God, you'd break through and you'd bring healing in relationships. God, you'd bring healing. Healing where there's so much pain, there's so much disappointment. God, would you come by your Holy Spirit and fill us with courage. Fill us with your power. God, we ask this morning for breakthrough in Jesus' name. Come on, just continue to pray, continue to come, continue to sing. Fill us with faith. Fill us with courage. God, fill us with joy. Fill us with joy as we reach out to a world that desperately needs you. God, would you compel us, not out of obligation or duty, but God, may your spirit be upon us and compel us to go and to give good news. I pray for breakthrough. I pray for prodigals to come home. I pray for salvation to come to households. God, pour out your spirit. We pray in Jesus' name. We hope you've been blessed by this message. If you've made a decision to follow Christ, we would love to encourage you on your journey. Help us help you by going to gatewaybaptist.com.au and clicking on Get Connected.